Welcome to You Gotta Have Faith. What is faith? In Hebrews 11, chapter 1, verse, the Apostle Paul writes, Faith is the substance of things hoped for and evidence of things not seen. One playwright writes that it's worth, It's believing you see white when your eyes tell you black. It's a belief that no one else believes, when no one else believes. Dr. King says if you don't believe in something, you'll fall for anything. This is a podcast about faith. This is a Christian podcast where we share our faith and belief in God and also in mankind, the goodness and kindness in mankind. In today's world, we see lots of ugliness based on racism, misogyny, and age-old grudges. But there is goodness in all of us. There is goodness in the world. But it begins with our belief. You've got to have faith. Here we are. Well, that's exactly. Here's Craig Dickerson. I'm Reg Clay. Hi, Reg. I'm all right, Reg. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's October the 14th, a wonderful Saturday morning. We had a little bit of um, clouds. Well, I mean, there's there's a raging fire happening in the North Bay. Yeah, this week uh, it's hitting close to home. Yeah, Um, yeah. Lots of people. I've seen people, you know, half of people I see outside walking around with masks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's the new thing. I mean, although it hasn't hit the East Bay because of the fires in Napa in the North Bay, we're seeing ashes and the clouds are really, really, uh, the air is is, uh, filled with uh, smoke. Although it's cleared up uh, uh, today. Like, I'm looking outside the window and it's gotten a lot better, but... um, it's not better for the folks who actually have to endure. I mean, you know, they're folks who have passed away. Yeah, it's, it's pretty devastating out here, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of people have lost their homes, lost mm-hmm. everything, just yeah. come back and everything's burnt to a cinder. So we're having tough times up here in Northern California, but it, it seems like every week we're, we're meeting, we're discussing, we're kind of like behind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean. And another thing. Right, exactly. There's, uh, there was the... Um, the shootings last week. Yeah, well, the shootings and the hurricanes. I mean, there's been, I think, three hurricanes, maybe a fourth coming. So, um, but hey, you know, you got to have faith that um, <laughs> this is this is finite. You know, this is not, it doesn't last forever, and we will endure afterwards. Make sure there's more cowbell. Right. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, we got to hold on to each other. Exactly. So, uh, prayer. Um, maybe you, I don't mind. Um, I would like to begin. Sure, go for it. We want to we want to ask uh, God to kind of help us through the Scripture and and talk about it with you. So I'd like to take a quote from the prayer of Saint Francis and, and say, Lord, Lord, just make me an instrument of Thy peace. Mm-hmm. Um, fill us with uh, the grace and uh, Your grace, so that we can interpret these words better and become stronger people and have a message of strength and love that can persist and maybe inspire. And we do this because you're the peace that passes all understanding. Amen. So we'd like to walk with you, and, and we'd like you to walk with us, and we'd like to be with you, in you and we'd like you to be with us and in us. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. And we're getting right along. We've been uh, discussing, uh, focusing on Matthew the last three weeks, and Matthew in the, in the uh, speaking, uh, recounting uh, Christ in the temple. Yep, that's exactly and, right. And uh, the closer he gets, it seems like he's moving towards, like, in this kind of, like, um, Indiana Jones kind of way. You know, yeah. like yeah. he moved deeper into the temple. First he's at the gates, and then he's inside, and then he's mm-hmm. he's kind of fomenting this kind of rage among the Pharisees and the priests because he keeps defying their authority and, and tricking them. And, 
Uh, yeah, the, the, the parables are getting more pointed. Uh, at first, he's, and we talked about this earlier, where he's delivering um, parables to the common people and then the disciples. And now it seems to be more directed towards the Pharisees. I mean, you know, the last parable that we talked about, the parable of the vineyard, was rather bloody. It seems death. like, yeah, it seems yeah. like, yeah, they're, they're, they're approaching, uh, you know, the consequences for these uh, little uh, people in these stories mm-hmm. uh, are, are becoming more focused, yeah, less, in, you know, less ambiguous, right, and it's getting more focused on, on towards the, you know, what's expected of a leader, mm-hmm. a religious leader, yeah, and I think. The more Christ is confronted by the Pharisees, the stronger he is pushing back mm-hmm. about their particular responsibility and how they should address yeah. this this good news, this new mm-hmm. way of of seeing their old religion. Yeah, this is not the cuddly, warm, fuzzy Jesus Christ that of uh, you know. Yeah, it's not like that, and it's and and I think it, I think a lot of that can be and the way the way I've kind of come to it. Mm-hmm. I know we're kind of coming to this. You know, with fresh eyes, yeah. kind of looking at it and <laughs> with an openness that, like, mm-hmm. oh, well, like I've never read this before. Well, I guess what, folks, I haven't read this before, or in, or in any particular way in a long mm-hmm. time. And I think Matthew, what I've discovered is that Matthew seems to kind of like really get to the nuts and bolts, gets to the nitty gritty. That's right. Very different from, let's say, Luke or um, or Mark, yeah, or uh, or any of the other guys. Mm-hmm. It's not a lot of rhetoric. It's yeah. you know, it's 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 right to the bone. He reminds me of an attorney. He reminds me of like a, um, I would say, a defense attorney. You know, he's laying down the, the, um, the evidence that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior, that He is the Messiah. Even from the very first verse of Matthew, where he lists the descendants, you know, where the lineage of Jesus Christ. We were looking at just a minute ago. Right. Exactly. So today we're going to talk about um, Matthew 22, verse 1 through 14. Yet another parable. This is the parable of the wedding banquet. Otherwise known as get ready, get dressed. (laughs) (laughs) Right, exactly. And I'm going to read from the NIV version, and here we go. Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Then he sent some more servants and said, Tell those... Who have been invited, that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fatted cattle have been butchered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready, but those I've invited did not deserve to come. Go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, both good and bad, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man man there who was not wearing wedding clothes friend, he asked. How did you get in here without wedding clothes? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, tie his hand, tie his hand, tie him hand and foot, and throw him outside into the darkness, 
where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. Wow. And that's at Matthew 22, <laughs> verses 1 through 14. So I would like to, before we dive into that, sure. if, if it's all right, mm-hmm. I'd like to read a different interpretation of the same. Um, this is from Luke. From Luke, yeah. So I'm, 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 I'm looking at Luke 14, chapter 14, verses 15 through 23. And, uh, yeah, verses 15 through 23. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go ahead and, and check this out. Hello. I'm going to go ahead and can you hear me a little better? Thank you. Perfect. Um, so, uh, this is a little, this is, this is kind of a similar recounting, although this is taking place um, not in the temple, but uh, and I'm sure Jesus told these parables multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, I don't know how the disciples could have recounted them, but this is told in a little different context. It is at the a home of a Pharisee, and they're, they're invited to dinner. Mm-hmm. And Jesus has been talking about humility and so forth and to this particular Pharisee and trying to extend the, you know, those kind of lessons of appreciating the poor over, over you know, the, the wealthy and the well-to-do. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> he says, uh, he's at a dinner, and he says, well, one of the dinner guests heard Jesus remarks, he said, Jesus, happy are those who will feast in God's kingdom. And Jesus replied, a certain man hosted a large dinner and invited many people. When it was time for the dinner to begin, he sent his servants to tell the invited guests, Come, the dinner is ready. And one by one, they all uh, began to make excuses. The first one told him, I bought a farm and I must go see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I bought five teams of oxen and I'm going to check on them. Please excuse me. Another said, I just got married. I can't come. And when he returned, the servant reported these excuses to his master. The master of the house became angry, said, this, said to the servant, Go quickly to the city streets, the busy ones, and the side streets, and bring the poor, crippled, blind, and lame. And the servant said, Master, your instructions have been followed, and there's still room. And the master said to the servant, We'll go to the highways and the back alleys and urge people to come so that, they, that my house will be filled. I tell you, not one of those who are invited will taste my dinner. Mm-hmm. So, it's, it's, it's a softer, kind of gentler version. Yeah, of, yeah it's, it, version. it's the more pastel. It's all powder-coated, but I think um, the message is, is, is directed in a, in, a, in a way, you know, because they're having dinner, it's a relaxed dinner, it's nothing, nothing tragic here mm-hmm. with all the killing in the blood, <laughs> right, and so forth. I think uh, we've, we've, uh, we've looked up upon these last three stories, mm-hmm. or these last three parables, and they do tend to get much more immediate, they do, do tend to get much more focused, and I think, like I said, he's moving closer and closer to a real kind of a tete-a-tete with, a, with these Pharisees, right, and the way he antagonizes him, mm-hmm. you know, he anti- uh, you know, mm-hmm. the more they antagonize him, the more he, he pushes back. Right. And, uh, and so I, I think that's why that's why the stories have this kind of like, yeah, almost kind of violent. Yeah. I, I, I tend to think that Jesus, um, it sounds like he's he's giving them, and I'm going back to the other parable that we talked about, verse uh, Matthew 21, 
this is the parable of the vineyard uh, and the um, landlord and tenants. Well, the ungrateful Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where he's giving, I, I get a feeling that he's trying to give the Pharisees an out. Like, listen, I'm trying to teach this lesson. You know, uh, it doesn't have to go the way that it's going. Mm-hmm. If you want to repent, or if you want to do the right thing mm-hmm. and acknowledge that you haven't been doing the right thing, then that's fine. So, you know, someone may think, well, Jesus is being adversarial. He's he's screwing with the Pharisees or whatever. I think he's 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 almost pushing. He's putting them. He's he's putting their um, iniquities, their sins, or whatever, in their face. Mm-hmm. He's saying, "Listen, this is what you guys have been doing, and yep. you and you can change." Mm-hmm. That's why he says, "Well, what do you think is going to happen to the the tenants?" Mm-hmm. And this is what happens to someone who's not dressed for. The wedding. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, along with um, the parable from the vineyard and the ones we just read about the wedding feast, right? right. Uh, uh, Harken back to the, the parable of the two sons, which is kind of the, the, the first of the one, two, three punches. And that one, you know, one son said he would go to the vineyard and and one of not, and then one of not doing it. The other son said, "No way!" And then, mm-hmm. and then, and then. Um, and then he actually went and served, right. served uh, uh, his father. Right. And so he, he's, he's slowly, you know, like throwing out these hypotheticals to these to the Pharisees saying, right. well, what would you do? Right. And what would you do? Right. And in, in both stories before, they assumed that they were, you know, the guys in charge, either the vineyard owner or the, or, or the, or the fathers or whatever. And then there was a little twist and go, no, 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 you're... You're the ones who are going to suffer. Right. <laughs> You're the ones who are going to probably make the bad choice. Right. And suffer the consequences. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that kind of infuriated them because they, mm-hmm. they looked at themselves as religious authorities, as, as, as people in control. Right. You know, as, as, as the people in charge, why shouldn't they mm-hmm. be trusted to make these right decisions? And in here, in this story, mm-hmm. it's very obvious from the beginning um, that they are not the king. Right. <laughs> that they're that they the ones who ignored, mm-hmm. um, you know, being invited. Mm-hmm. And they're also probably the ones who decided not to put on the, the wedding garment. Right. And I look at those three, uh, because they're three parables, one after another, mm-hmm. which really tells uh, the same story. I mean, the same sort of button. Mm-hmm. You know, the first one about the sons. You know, one son says, no, but he winds up serving God. I mean, serving his father. And the other one says, yes, I will, but of course he doesn't. That's one parable, and it talks about the Pharisees. You know, the Pharisees are supposedly the keepers of the word of God. Like you're saying, you know, the religious leaders are possibly hypocritical, and the outsiders are are, are responding to Jesus. And then the very next parable is about the the tenant, the owner and the tenant. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he sends the servants to do the work on the vineyard. And they're killed. And, by, uh, and, and, the and, and in that one, uh, you know, the, the message kind of can be uh, distilled to that Christ is saying, you know, God's going to punish the religious leaders and <clears throat> give control right, exactly. to, to other people. Right, which is still directed to the Pharisees. Still directed to the Pharisees. And then, then we have this one, which is even more point, is talking about the kingdom of heaven. Who's going to be in the kingdom of heaven mm-hmm. and who isn't? Mm-hmm. Who's ready? Who's prepared? Mm-hmm. You, you know, some folks were invited to come in. And they said, no, we're not going to do it because they don't believe or they made excuses. Mm-hmm. Some who did come in, some are not prepared. And so they will be thrown out. Mm-hmm. 
he's really making the exact same. And it sounds like, you know, the, the stakes are greater with each parable. Yeah. Well, he talks, about, he, he talks a lot about the choices mm-hmm. of, um, you know, of doing the right thing, mm-hmm. of making the right decisions, of consciously doing that. And, yeah. and you know, how it's okay to question, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the authorities in order to do that. Right. In the first two parables, because mm-hmm. that's exactly what he's doing. He's standing up against their authority and right. saying, like, look, your authority is in question, you know, all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's an okay thing. That's about this new religion. That's something that's going to be happening. Right. You know, mm-hmm. it's, I'm here to shake things up. Mm-hmm. But then in the last parable, and I think this is kind of what turns a lot of people on, off on Christianity, is mm-hmm. because this parable is all about obedience to God. Right. And obedience without kind of questioning it. Sure. To have blind faith, to have blind obedience, mm-hmm. to put on that robe because yeah. you're told to do so. Right. And I'm sure some folks may feel insulated. as like, well, I'm not a Pharisee. You know, I'm not a person in a position of power. And those folks who are uh, corrupt, well, those are the ones who are going to be punished, not me, saying, oh, I'm not a Pharisee. But it still applies to us if we, if we don't believe in service. You know, we were talking about during our breakfast how some people love their freedom so much, their individuality, that they sort of shy away from service and from obedience, like someone telling you, pointing a finger at you and saying, hey, you got to do this, you got to do that. These are the rules. Mm-hmm. We talked about the NFL. You know, the, uh, the protest is all about individuality. They want to protest. They want to have a voice against what they feel is, um, is, is oppression. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I agree with that. Yeah. And now you have the NFL. You know, they're about to, um, they're talking about having a rule saying, no, Everyone must stand to the Pledge of Allegiance. Everyone must stand to the flag. Now, how would Jesus react to that, you know, us giving fealty to, you know, a flag? Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's a different conversation. Yeah. But when are you loyal? When are you obedient? There's, there's a tug of war between loyalty and our individual freedom. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, you know, it's kind of complex, you know, mm-hmm. to compare that to this story. Sure. A little bit because I, I think that... The folks that are deciding to kneel and deciding to do something or following, they're putting on a rope that they feel like is the rope that, that's been given them, which is like they've been given this privilege. They've been given this sure. this, this podium right. you know, to, to make this case that yeah. we're, you know, we, we don't need to be oppressed. We don't need to live this yeah. way. And, of course, obedience to the NFL is a little different from obedience <laughs> to God. To our affairs. We were talking earlier today that if we're going to give ourselves to God, I mean, you know, my dad would say, listen, I think I've earned the respect for you to obey me. When I tell you to do something, it's not because I'm your father. I told you to do it. But I've earned it. Are you? Do you have a house over your head? Do you have clothes on your feet? Yeah. This rope is. This rope could be a lot of things in, yeah. in this story, and I, and I think it's pointed in this way because, uh, you know, the, the, he's offering, mm-hmm. you know, this, these wedding clothes to put on these wedding clothes to like, just the worst of the worst, the poorest of the poor, the lamest of lame. They're all invited mm-hmm. to feast at this party in unanimity and equanimity, and with everyone, including the king. And you know, he doesn't care that the people who he invited aren't there. Mm-hmm. He's like. We're having a party. We're going to have it with anybody. And I want everyone to feel as if they belong here. So he gives everyone, you know, the same garb to wear. Now, the Pharisees weren't, you know, they were, these priests back then, they wore very elaborate Mm -hmm. and specific garments in order to, you know, show 
when they put on their robe, yeah. you know, they meant it, that they were mm-hmm. the spiritual leaders. Yeah. Here, Christ is saying, you know, everybody in this party is exactly the same. Mm-hmm. We're, and, you know, that, so that robe is kind of like God's grace, God's love, maybe your individual talents, yeah. you know, something that has been gifted to you. Right. And you have received it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you've obeyed the fact that, you know, hey, and acknowledged, hey, this was given to me. Right. I received it. Mm-hmm. And also when they looked at one another, you think about nuns and their habits or, or monks in there, whatever, people who go to school and have to wear a uniform. Sure. Or, so the whole purpose of that is to put the prejudice, get it away mm-hmm. so that so that everyone can feel visually that I'm no different from you. You're no different from me, mm-hmm. no matter what our economic or background or our or, or cultural background. Mm-hmm. We're all here together. And there's the one poor guy who just won't do it. Now, I told you I identified with that one poor guy. <laughs> sure. You know, I looked at this whole story. I remember when I was reading it to study for this. And, yeah. And I looked at this whole story, and I, and I was, we were all talking about, well, who do you identify with? And I was like the only one. Well, I feel sorry for the damn guy who <laughs> decided, like, not to put on the robe. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've had problems with authority, Reg. I must I, well, sure. I, I'm confessing. <laughs> I, I, I do. I have a, I have a, I have a yeah. problem with authority. Daisy will tell you. Yeah. <laughs> do you obey Daisy? I, I, I try. <laughs> Daisy, if you're listening, you can give a your comment. You, no, you didn't wash the dishes. I, I, no, I said I tried. I said I tried, baby. But, uh, but, uh, but I'm telling you, yeah. that, that's why that message stuck with me. Sure. Because I have refused. Mm-hmm. To to do that and uh, mm-hmm. and guess what I didn't get to eat at the table, you know. Mm-hmm. In other words, you know the things. If we ignore these things, mm-hmm. you know, you can call it hell or you mm-hmm. can call it, you know, death or whatever. Yeah. But I think I think the whole idea is like you know, follow the good works, do what I'm telling you here. It's pretty simple. Just put on the damn robe. Yeah. Um, accept and receive. You know, these gifts. Yeah. As well as a couple other things about mm-hmm. loving your neighbor and stuff. And, yeah. you know, it's all going to work out. You don't. Guess what? You're not. You're, you're the loser. You're not going to get, you know, you're not going to get to be involved in the good stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know what the good, you want the good stuff. Everybody wants the good stuff, right? Right. And that's that's for people who believe in heaven and believe in the grace of God and, and what have you. And I told you my or whatever. Right. Well, yeah. And I've told you my take uh, over uh, breakfast. You know, being a black man, I think for any minority, you chafe at obedience. And I talked about a little bit of history about uh, like in the turn of the century. Well, really, I mean, this can go all the way back to Frederick Douglass and you know, uh, blacks talking about how do we deal with living in a white America. Booker T. Washington said, assimilate. You know, listen, this is a white man's world. If they want you to obey, obey. If they want you to put on a suit, put on a suit. You know, let's be good black people and let's obey because that's the only way we're going to get by in the world. W.E.B. Du Bois said, to hell with that. Be individual and just do your own thing. Booker T. Washington, he uh, was the one who created the the uh, the historical black colleges, Spengarn and, um, and Tuskegee Institute and Spelman College and um, Brambling, and I can, I can name a bunch of others. Whereas W.B. Du Bois, he created the NAACP and the crisis. 
And um, so both were great civil rights leaders, but they had different perspectives as to how to um, how a black man acts, black man, woman, the black race acts in America. And the same argument was, you know, was passed on to um, Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X. Malcolm, and, you know, King Jr. was like, listen, if we're going to protest, we're going to protest in the name of God. We can still be peace, peaceful, but still be resistant. And, of course, Malcolm X was like the, the battle of the bullet. And that argument is still happening now in 2017. And it, and it extends beyond the black race. You know, this is... I mean, look what happened this week with all, all the women coming out against this Harvey Weinstein. And suddenly, right. suddenly no one's going to put up with that shit. Exactly. You know, exactly right. Women are like, I, we're not putting up with this shit anymore. Right. This, exactly. is, this, is, this is drawing the big line. Right. Puerto Rico, yeah. same thing. Same you thing. know, Latinos saying, listen, we're not, we're not dealing with this anymore. No. Yeah. This is it. Right. You've been thrown out, cast aside for much too long, and now you're in your face. Right. Yeah, a lot of people are doing this. A lot of people are doing this. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I understand that looking at this lesson yeah. is about, uh, you know, it seems like, and that's why I was saying this is going to be a real turnoff for the non-Christians, because they're going to say, like, see, you know, that's why I'm not a Christian, because people are telling me what to do, and right. I don't want to do it. I right. do not want to assimilate. Right. I do not want to be homogenized right. with, with things that I find distasteful or society right. that I don't agree with. Right. But we're not talking about, you know, understand, folks, we're not talking, this parable is not about Earth. Right. That's exactly right. It's about what things look like in a world where mm -hmm. people are already know that each other are right. equal. Right. And even there's still a shakeup. There's mm -hmm. this one guy who won't do it. Yeah. He won't put on the robe. Right. And it doesn't say what happens to him, really. Yeah. Or, or why? Well, it's open ended, right? You know, the the the, uh, the king says, "Well, why didn't you put on the robe?" And he has no excuse. Exactly. He's Nothing. speechless. Speechless. Now, here's what's interesting. He goes to the party. Mm -hmm. Now, if he didn't believe in, you know, there's a reason why he doesn't put on the robe because maybe he doesn't believe or he doesn't think it's important. Mm -hmm. But it was important for him to go to <laughs> to be there. To be there. Yeah. Which, which, which and of course, as a Christian, I think, well, why go there? It's like, why go to church if you don't believe? Mm -hmm. you, may go, you may say, well, I'm, I'm curious. I want to hear what's going on. Mm -hmm. But after a while, and you've been to church as well as I have, where you have individuals who go every single Sunday, mm -hmm. but they don't contribute. They're not members. Oh, yeah. They don't. They're not interested in baptizing. <laughs> That's one of the reasons when I was a kid, I got turned off church. I remember I... We have this little, I don't know if I mentioned this mm -hmm. before to you or yeah. maybe here, but we have this one woman that I, uh, she will remain nameless because I don't remember her. <laughs> right, right, right. <clears throat> but there's this little part before the church, ser a service of the Eucharist happens yeah. where you, you kneel quietly and you have a little condensate plate of prayer, mm -hmm. a little solo kind of prayer before, you know, you do, you're involved with the con congressional part of it. Mm -hmm. Everybody's doing the Eucharist and the service together. Yeah. I don't know if people are familiar with the Episcopal faith or the Catholic faith, but you, you follow our regimen. Mm -hmm. But in this little portion, it's a, it's free for all. It's a, it's a, <laughs> you can do what you can kneel down and pray for whatever you mm -hmm. want. Mm -hmm. And I remember, my, I think my mother asked, "Well, what do you think about when you when you when you kneel and pray?" And she thought, "Like, well, I think about what kind of donut."
it's a bit of a prophylactic um, for, for these guests. I mean, they're, they're dragged up off the street, they're probably dirty or whatever, and, and they're cleaned up and given new clothes and, mm-hmm. and told, okay, you're going to, everybody's here, everybody's going to enjoy, yeah. you know, enjoy things together. And, um, and in a way that it is a conformity, that's an assimilation, but I think I was talking to you, like, mm-hmm. you know, people would know you've done, like, 12 steps or whatever. You know, when you are trying to be a better person, and when you're trying to get back into a society that, that you have, you know, you know, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. excommunicated yourself from either through, like, addiction mm-hmm. or, 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 or some kind of dark path. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember one of the 12 steps is fake it till you make it. Yeah. You know? I know it's hard, but if you think of yourself as somebody who's not an addict, if you envision that, then mm-hmm. you can just kind of like, oh, okay, today I'm going to wake up and I'm not going to drink or whatever. Right. I'm not going right. to abuse drugs or whatever. I'm mm-hmm. not going to do that thing that, <laughs> that I kick myself and makes my head hurt mm-hmm. when I bang my head against the wall. Right. Yeah. Um, and I'm not that person yet. I can pretend to be that person. Yeah. That's in, you know, fake it till you make it. Right. And so in a way, this putting on this robe is kind of like, you know, you're doing things together in unison, mm-hmm. and we're all equal here. Yeah. Even though it's just a robe, and it's just a, mm-hmm. it it symbolizes who you'd like to be as a person, how you'd yeah. like to be in a community, how you'd like to see your world. Yeah. Martin Luther King, you know, probably saw a greater world where everyone was equal in his mind, yeah. or in his dreams. Right. He knew what reality was, just as Frederick Douglass, sure. and Booker T. Sure. You know. They all knew that this was not perfect. Right. Nowhere near perfect. Right. And assimilation, you know, within the within the confines of like I guess the church or or the people that, you know, knew that they were their cause was a righteous cause, mm-hmm. uh, was was their stepping forward, their baby steps. Yeah. You know? My so yeah, I um when it comes to s- uh, obedience like I told you earlier, a story that I had, I worked for the DA's office, and there was a case that we had, I'm not going to mention any names, but a defense attorney basically says, hey, man, you know, I, um, this is a black dude, hey, man, I need some help, I need some help. Now, I work for the prosecution, I work for the other side. I'm like, well, I, I can't do that, I gotta, whatever. And he called me a house nigger. That's so funny, when you tell me that story, I, 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 I didn't know he was a black man. Yeah. Uh, in my mind, oh my God, in my mind, I thought he was a white man telling you this story. Oh, I was no, like, no, 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 in like Mobile, Alabama? No, 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 he, no, he, oh, trust me, this would be way different if you were white, but once he was black and he thought that it, it gave him, that was the leeway of doing that. See, I was thinking of you showed so much restraint. No, 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 that was crazy. But, but it did, it caught me, obviously, that's hilarious. It hurt me, and, uh, of course, later on, he apologized. He was forced to apologize. But I guess his point was, you you are obeying because you're being told. You're being told what to do. When I think about obedience, like when do I obey and all this stuff, and I think any minority, whether you're an Asian woman uh, who has to deal with the stereotype of being the polite, obedient, you know, Asian chick, um, or Latino, or black, or whatever, I think any minority has to deal with that. Even Jewish, you know, um, when, when I think about when I obey and when I don't obey, has it has whoever I'm obeying to earned my, I guess, obedience? 
Like when I work for the DA's office, I do what I'm told to do, not because, well, I got to do it or else I'm, I'm going to be fired. But I believe in what we do. We help people. Earlier today, we, uh, earlier this week, we did a conditional examination where we helped out a, uh, an elderly woman who um, allegedly had money stolen from her, her life savings. And um, if we win this prosecution, that will mean a lot to her. So we do a lot of, of good. And, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to extend my time to an organization, it could be a theater group. You know, like I remember doing earlier today, uh, earlier this, this year, I helped, I uh, was involved in a musical. And it was a small musical, but it dealt with people who were on dialysis. It had a purpose. And I was like, okay, you know what, I'm not making a lot of money on this, um, but it serves a purpose. So why am I obedient to God? Why am I a Christian? God has earned my, God, you know, it's far be it to say that God has earned my, like, like God needs to earn my respect, but he has. I mean, if you choose, you either choose to believe or you don't. We, we call this podcast, you got to have faith. If you are not a Christian because you don't believe, probably nothing that we'll say will get you to believe. That's fine. Yeah. But if you do believe, it's because you believe in something greater than yourself. I believe, uh, you know, when I'm a Christian... I want to help others. I want to believe. I want to stand for a cause greater than than myself. And some people just have to be built that way. You know, if you walk into a church like "Gimme, Gimme, Gimme," mm-hmm. then you could be the person who walks into the uh, the wedding without not being dressed because or you could be you know the first people who were invited. Well, sure. I mean, because there's a. And I think I think that's the way a lot of people, yeah. and that, that's why I'm saying you know the the kind of. Uh, homeopathical uh, perspective, the mm-hmm. kind of preachy yeah. kind of perspective of this is pretty much saying, like, you know, I know that there are you, the ones in this parable, mm-hmm. who are going to refuse an invitation from God. Right. You know, and you're, you want it safe, you want it soft, and you don't want to do the work. Sure. You don't care. You may care about mm-hmm. outreach and know mm-hmm. social, there's social injustice, and you may understand that You'd like the blessings from God, but yeah. you don't want to be there to share in the work. Right. You know, and then this story is like, but God has the authority to put you on the bench. Right, exactly. And, he's make, you, and make you not a player. Right. Just and put, you know, mm-hmm. drag somebody else. Right. Who maybe not as good as you, mm-hmm. not as informed as you, not as smart as you, not as right. rich as you. Right. And drag them off the bench yeah. and give them a chance to play in the game. Right. Uh, that could happen at any time you refuse God's work. And that's kind of the preachy aspect of this. Exactly. I mean, I think in this parable, mm-hmm. Jesus draws a line. Mm-hmm. And he says it especially in the last uh, verse. For many are invited. Many are invited. But few are chosen. Just turns out that way, doesn't it? Yeah. And everybody's got the same opportunity. Right. To accept, you know, the, the gifts, the grace, the mm-hmm. invitation to come work. Yeah. To pull up their shirt sleeves and yeah. sweat a bit for somebody else. Yeah. Everybody's got the same, you know, mm-hmm. idea of doing this. Right. But if you, but if you don't do it, mm-hmm. you're just one of the ones who didn't get, didn't, you know, mm-hmm. didn't get to play. Yeah. You know, you get benched. Right. And it is harsh. It is very stark. And, of course, it does turn a lot of folks off. It's like no one likes to have a finger pointed at them and say, listen, mm-hmm. you got to get off the bench and serve. Mm-hmm. You know, I know you're comfortable in that pupil listening to the music and listening to the preaching. And you're like, oh, I had a wonderful time at church. What are you doing for your fellow man? Yeah. You call yourself a Christian. 
have you served God? Yeah. Has God served you? Yeah. That's good. Yeah, you, you've been given the gift. You've been given, given the opportunity. Right. Call or it's right there in your face. It's Puerto Rico. Right. You know, it's right there in your face. Yeah. Um, well, while we've been taking this time all through Matthew, because it's, I think you, you know, we've taken bless bless your hearts and bless our hearts for <laughs> hanging with it in the sure. past few weeks, right. is that it's a lot to take in in just one, mm-hmm. one setting. But somebody said recently, and I think last week when I was studying for, for today's podcast, is um, when taking these all three parables mm-hmm. and kind of like as we've broken them all down yeah. and, and poked it, pick them apart and kind of unpack them, some of the subtleties and the wisdom and the nuance, you start to see, and when you put it all back together, someone said, like, it's like a business letter. <laughs> it's like Christ is giving a business letter to mm-hmm. um, the, the, the priests and the Pharisees. Sure. The it's like, these are all bullet points, these yeah. parables, and it's like a little one, two, three punch. Sure. You know, and that's what you do in a business. Are you emphatically mm-hmm. state, state again in a different way, state in a third way, and yeah. most emphatically. It's like those PowerPoint presentations. In the final paragraph, yeah. it's like, okay, this is what all this is what it all boils right. down to. Right. And so in the first few parables, it's kind of like, hey, you got the choice. You can do the good thing. You can do the bad thing. What do you think is going to happen if you do the bad thing? We go, oh, bad. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, that's your choice. And in this one. The only ambiguous thing, to me, the only ambiguous thing yeah. is, like I said, the poor sucker who walked in naked or dirty and right. and refused to, you know, mm-hmm. refused to take accept the the, the wedding right. gown yeah. or whatever. And uh, and the explanation: What is your reason for not putting on that wedding gown, sir? Mm-hmm. Nothing. Right. There's nothing to say. Right. That you fill in the blank. What's your excuse? Mm-hmm. If you can't come up with an excuse, if you can come up with an excuse, maybe the story would change a little bit. Maybe yeah. they're like, okay, well, sit down and have something to eat. Right. No, he says nothing. He can't think of an excuse. Right. You know, and and I, I, my answer to that is there is no excuse. Right. There, there's not one. Yeah. You had talked about you identified with the guy who didn't come in dressed. Yes. But yeah. we talked last week where... You were at church, and uh, you, you know, were asked to, hey, can you help with, um, with oh, all the ushering and all that stuff? All that stuff, yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, it was like a little shitstorm at church. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> but that, that's sort of an analogy of you putting on the robe. I mean, you know, coming prepared, oh. like you serving. And that's really what I, in my interpretation, what this is about. Yeah, uh, I stepped up. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't really... I, I, it wasn't. It wasn't a good time at the time. Yeah, uh, but I'm really, that's what that's what God is, is asking, and uh, I know that you see a need, and you go like, right? Oh, I can. But they, you know, there are plenty of people who don't. Okay. They see the need, and they're like, yeah, I'll let somebody else do that. Oh my gosh, somebody has a flat tire. How unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. That's too bad for them. Yeah. You know. And there are plenty of people who go to church every single Sunday. But they, that's it. That's their extent. And I'm not necessarily saying that those are bad people or whatever. I mean, there's all, I would hope that there's always a transition between a young Christian who is learning about what it is to be a Christian, learning about the teachings of Jesus Christ and, and, um, and, and everything that the Bible has to teach. And then there's the evolution of, okay, what am I going to do with this, with this Christianity? I've given myself to God. I've baptized myself in the name of Jesus Christ, not as a kid, but as an adult. And so what's next? You well, may, you've made it on the team. 
Well, I know, and a lot of people are like, uh, I don't know what I am. Do I have to decide? Yeah. I mean, can't I just live my life? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I think what, what's being told here through our mm-hmm. lens, and believe me, folks, we're just coming at this from a lens right, of Christianity exactly. because that's what we know. Right. And that's what we connect with. Sure. But if you take these lessons, they can transfer to just any kind of decent way of living. Right. I mean, if you take all the God-y God out mm-hmm. of it, mm-hmm. I mean, what this message is and what the what the other message is about the tenants and yeah. the fault of the tenants mm-hmm. and the, the error of the of the unrobed wedding guest. Right. I mean, you know, the problem with these things is it involves fruitfulness. Mm-hmm. It involves what's you know the bringing of the good stuff. Sure. Bring if you bring if you do the work if you bring the good stuff if you mm-hmm. do the good deeds mm-hmm. if you have a you know honest pure heart and that's yeah. where you're coming from yeah you know that's the invitation you know that's you know that's where the loving mm-hmm. is allowed to seep in right because I mean <clears throat> God you know if you want to live the gospel if you want to live that yeah. The only way to do that is begins with an invitation. Mm-hmm. That's right. Here's the right thing to do. Here's the here's the right thing to do. This mm-hmm. invitation to do the right thing. Right. It may involve work. It mm-hmm. may involve something that you weren't prepared to do. It mm-hmm. may involve sacrifice. Mm-hmm. But here's the invitation. Here's this is the way we're going to start living well together. Mm-hmm. And and here's the invitation. And it's not just and it, if you let it just rem- remain like a an idea. You know, that's where it's going to stand. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't know what I am. I don't, you know, I don't know where I want to go. I want to be a good person, but I don't know how, or blah, blah, yeah. blah. But that may be fine right you know, there. It, but it's going to just, it's an idea. Right. I mean, and, and the essential thing that I want to be, and I think I want others to be, mm-hmm. is to have a transformed life. Exactly. You know, to change your life, to enrich your life, you know, right. to feel good about it. Right. To feel like you know you're doing good. Yeah. You know you, you know you're making a difference. Yeah. And I mean I, I think about what if Dr. King, you know, said, Well, ugh, things are really bad out there. Well, let me let me just focus on my little thing, my little church and I do my little thing. I'll let somebody else handle that. And usually that's the excuse of when it comes to the of the ability to do service. Uh, you may feel something inside of you. Hopefully there will be something inside of you that says, Hey I, I want to do something. Um, the, you know, that's, it's the thing that separates us from the animal kingdom. That's something that makes civilization, you know, what it is. And that, you know, we talk about it early in the podcast, at the beginning of all of our podcasts, we talk about there's goodness in people, there's goodness in the world. Mm-hmm. How do we see the goodness? Service. Or, <clears throat> and Jesus is even suggesting in this, and I know some people may, mm-hmm. but, even this putting on of this fruitfulness, even just like putting it on, yeah, just trying it on, yeah, you know, <coughs> with the outward effects of, you know, the gospel, going to church, yeah. I said my prayers, oh gosh, mm-hmm. okay, I took communion, okay, I'm good for a week, but he's saying that these these choices, even if you, if you have a pattern a pattern of trying to do mm-hmm. it, it'll 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 start to settle in your heart. Sure. 
There is goodness in the world. There is goodness in everyone. Right. And many are called. <clears throat> few are chosen, I guess. Right. But if you put on this wedding garment, mm-hmm. you put on this fruitfulness, this faith. Yeah. It's, it can set, I mean, it's suggested here in this gospel anyway. It, yeah. You know, it will settle into your heart. <clears throat> you know? And I know that people may be turned off. Well, you know, is there really a kingdom of heaven? Is there a heaven? Let's talk about this. And is there... I want to, I mean, if you choose to believe in heaven, that's great. Um, and there are those who may choose not to. We're, I think we're really talking about the analogy of putting on the robe. What does putting on the robe mean? Um, you know, we've talked about it as, as service. We've talked about it as obedience, the official, the officially saying, listen, I belong to God. I'm giving myself to God. Um, and we've talked about. If if you you know if you if you acknowledge that you know that there is a God and you acknowledge that there is is Christianity and you want to be a part of that, then this is the act of you wanting to to, to join it. And I think that's really what we're talking about. You know, you had mentioned um, so there are I don't know if I want to say sinners, but there are two I guess bad actors in this um, in this parable of the wedding. People were invited in the first place. Yeah, there are people who are invited and who decided not to go. Um, And then the one who rebelled against the whole thing. Right, exactly. Um, But there's also in verse five. But they paid no attention and went off. One went to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his. He has verse six. The rest seized the servants, mistreated them, and killed them. I know. That's why I said this is much. Exactly. That's more brutal than Luke. Yeah, Luke. And I, and I <laughs> yeah. ask myself, why did Luke omit that? Yeah. It was a different setting. Yeah. You know, I think, and like I said, you know, that was in like a, they were having dinner at a Pharisee's house. Everybody's sitting around after dinner chatting. Exactly. chatting. This is not like, you know, days yeah. before the betrayal. Of the but, it's, it's, but it's almost like if you were in a criminal trial and you asked Luke, okay, what was the testimony? Did you hear what happened? What, did, what, did, what was your... What's your recollection of what happened? Yeah, he didn't seem that angry. <laughs> Matthew, yeah. that's something completely different. No, that guy was so pissed. <laughs> he killed everybody. <laughs> but um, in Matthew, yeah. clearly an act of violence happens where an invitation is given and the person who gives the invitation is killed. Yeah. So there's an act of violence. There's a direct sin there. And then you have the indirect sin of someone who actually goes to the invitation, mm-hmm. who goes to the wedding. Mm-hmm. But deliberately, in my mind, is not prepared. Mm-hmm. Like, I went to someone's wedding, and I just showed up in blue jeans. And, and oh, I forgot to get you a gift. Right, exactly. Yeah. I can say, well, what's the big deal? He's there. Or you can say, wait a minute, why did he make? Why did he come all the way here and eat the cake and drink the wine? He's not really caring about us. But, <laughs> yeah, but whatever, yeah. we're doing him a servant more than he's doing us a service. So and he's not really a participant. He's like just kind of he's just kind of hanging out. It's like it's like a moocher. Yeah. Well, I think you know Matthew is a little bit more kind of like talking about you will obey God. Uh, there are consequences and scorn if you do not. Right. You know, any any time you do not, mm-hmm. and the and, and the failure to do so is you know wrath of God. Mm-hmm. Refusal, no God's love. Right. Choice is yours, people. Right. Choice is yours, Pharisees. Right. If you put your ego above God's ego, guess who wins? God, 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 not you. Right. right. You know. Right. <laughs> and I think Jesus, like I'm saying, in the, if you look at all this mm-hmm. and you look at this recounting of the, of the different parables in yeah. the temple yeah. with Matthew, it is like it's getting way direct and focused. Sure. There's not a lot of ambiguity about who he's talking to and mm-hmm. what he's talking about. Right. And how he wants to turn their religion mm-hmm. 
all the way to a different direction than what they're used to preaching. Right. Or, you know. Yeah. And it's tough. It's, it's, it's tough medicine for them. It is. We're running into the one-hour mark. Uh, it's, it's interesting. We were talking um, before we um, hit the uh, record button. In the Old Testament, it was hard for people to sort of, uh, I mean, there were people who really did believe in God, especially those who were delivered from Egypt. The, the original children of Israel, because they saw the, the gifts that God gave. But God did not so much talk to people, but order them. Mm-hmm. Do this, do that, or you're going to die. Yeah. And here, the very fact that Jesus is giving us the parables, you know, he's telling us, he's, he's sort of giving us instruction, and even in the stories that he tells, that's an act of goodness and love. Oh, yeah, there's stuff in here that's really <coughs> kind of just beautifies that Old Testament kind of right. kind of like either you're right or you're wrong, either you're in or you're out, you're yeah. loved or you're not. Right. You know, and that's kind of the old old testament is just yeah. following this path so you don't bump into the, yeah. the the glassy parts of the road, you know, yeah. or whatever, or the shards or whatever. But here Jesus is talking about a banquet. Mm-hmm. A beautiful banquet. Right. A, you know, a, a total spread laid out for you. Right. You know, and they're familiar, you know, these guys are familiar with feasts and banquets and how kings would give these feasts and, yeah. you know, and they give banquets to their subjects and, you know, and, or, and, and they under, this was a message they understand, but, but bring, the Messiah bringing that message mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. The, it's the Messiah bringing that message. Yeah. It takes on a whole different kind of exactly. tone. Yeah. Yes, you have free will. Yes, you have your ego. Right. Yes, there are. They're like ambiguities. Mm-hmm. Follow these simple rules. Love right. yourself and love your God and love yeah. your neighbor as, yeah. as yourself. Yeah. And I, I tell you, there's a way through all this. Right. There's a way through all this muckety-muck and right and wrong and black and white. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And not to touch a third rail, when you talk about freedom of choice, I, I automatically think of um, um, pro-choice as opposed to uh, pro-life, and that's a whole different discussion. Oh, no, no. Maybe it will be for another time. <laughs> oh, I but I really do believe that you can be Christian and pro-choice because God, uh, Jesus allows it. God allows us to choose what we want to do, the freedom of choice. I mean, I had a uh, debate about predestination where, you know, God are, is, are things predestined. I really think that God does give us a choice to do what we want to do, uh, and that's a wonderful thing because it puts the choice in our hands. Do we choose to serve? Or do we choose not to serve? It's our choice. We can choose what we want to do. And hopefully if we have some goodness in our hearts, then uh, we will choose to serve, not just go to the banquet and eat, eat, eat. Mm-hmm. And not or just be told what to do. <laughs> right. But we can we can choose to, to be a part of the service of God, be a part of the hand, the appendage of God. Well, he's, tr- he's trusted us even though we've kind of blown it. Yeah, time, time again. But uh, I mean, in the 21st century, when we talk about the works of God, we really talk about us. Well, yeah. we are the, the miracles of, of God. And we are the ones that, say, that either take care of this place mm-hmm. and each other, or or let it fall down. Exactly. And that that's that's kind of a um, I don't know a bittersweet ending. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say bittersweet. I mean, it, it really just puts uh, the, the onus on us. It puts uh, the, the objective on our laps. It really is like that that business, you know, bullet points, whatever, you know, with every presentation, you know, like uh, even in the federal government, you know, uh, even in the government that um, where I work at the DA's office, there are always these meetings 
where uh, uh, a senior managing attorney will say, listen, this is what we want you to do when you're in court. Or even as us paralegals, this is what the lawyers expect you to do. Basically, there's an objective. Here's what we need you to do. If you're going to be a part of our service, if you want to be a part of our office, this is your objective. This is how you can better help our office get better. And the same thing with Christianity. Mm-hmm. Jesus is giving us the bullet point, just like that managing attorney. Listen, yeah. this is what we need you to do. Yeah, I've made, I've made my point. I've underlined it, and, and we're done. We're wrapping it up with a bow right now. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so I wouldn't say it as a negative thing, but, I mean, if you take an order as a negative thing, you know, that's on you. But, you know, um, people have to step up. You know, if there's an army, you know, there's a wonderful uh, Negro spiritual we're all part of God's army, you know. In the army, everyone has a service, a purpose. Yeah. Well, good luck, everyone, with that conformity <laughs> thing. Good luck, good right. luck. Right. But I think uh, I think God's given me enough uh, enough respect for everybody to make their own choices. Of course, um, He's earned my respect. I trust I trust you guys. Yeah. And I'll trust you again. Exactly. I'll, I'll keep trusting. Exactly. You know, exactly. Let's try, let's try to raise. Raise our skeptical level above uh, <laughs> it a little bit. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And with that, uh, let's close it out in prayer. And um, and here we go. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for uh, waking us up this wonderful uh, morning. Actually, I think it's afternoon right now. Uh, we hope that uh, people who listen to our words and are sort of um, grappling with the scriptures will be moved by our words and uh, will be motivated by what we say, even if it's just a discussion, a, um, a back and forth as to what is your word and what is your purpose. Uh, the very discussion itself is a wonderful thing. Um, we thank you so much. We ask that you bless us as we move forward with this podcast. We ask that the people who listen to us will be touched by what we say and that everything that we do, we do in your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. All right, my brother. So here's my usual blurb. You can find you got to have faith on um, the uh, podcast app. If you have a iPhone or an iPad, I'm sure if you're already listening to this, you're already using it. So you can tell your friends, uh, just uh, click on that purple app that you have on your phone or on your iPad, and uh, you can find us. If you have Android, then you can use the uh, SoundCloud app, or you can just type in, uh, go to soundcloud.com, and you can find you got to have faith. Uh, if you use a desktop or a laptop, which no, hardly any millennials use at all, I think it's only us uh, old geezers, the Generation Xers and earlier, who use it. But you can click on, uh, you can go on iTunes, use the search engine. Um, actually, you, you go to a store, you're not going to buy anything, and you go onto the search engine on the upper right-hand side and type in, you got to have faith, and you can find us. And that is it. All right. All right. Good seeing you, man. Good seeing you, too. And we are out.